Hi, and welcome to Humans Behind the Ads, a podcast of real stories about people who work in the advertising industry and what it's really like behind the scenes. Sponsored by Small Army. I'm your host, Paul Dome, head of content production at Small Army here in Boston. Today, I'm speaking with Xander Hayes, who is a video editor at Small Army. Xander, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to have you. Lovely to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to hear a little bit more about yourself and... I'm excited to find out what I'm going to say. Yeah, who's Xander Hayes? Let's get into it. I don't know. What's in your DNA? Uh, Um, in in my DNA, I guess, is I'm a I'm a video editor uh, by trade, as you pointed out. Um, I dabble in a bunch of other, I guess, sort of semi artsy or pretty artsy stuff as well. Uh, I'm a musician. Should I'm gonna plug my band. You check out not my band, the band I play bass in, not my band. Uh, LadyLupine.com. Uh, check us out. If you're into uh, some some heavy soul music and awesome. rock and roll. Awesome. Have you do you perform? We do in the area fairly regularly. Yeah. Uh, I'd say uh, probably two or three times a month uh, in like Greater Massachusetts, New England. What else about your background do you want to talk about? I guess there are two things that are kind of like instrumental to sort of like how other people know me. I would say that one of those things is that I think I am kind of uh, I sort of view myself as kind of like a reformed hippie. Like, I made a logical, like, financial economic decision for myself at an early age that, like, that, like I was going to bite the bullet on this mm-hmm. and then, like, you know, figure out a way to, you know, do things that were, like, a little more, like, morally and philosophically important to me in, like, another way. Fulfilling in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, again, like, the outside art that I do that is not video editing plays into that. Yeah. Um, but, like, I'm not a vegetarian, but I love to make vegetarian food. I am uh, a really badass tie-dyer. Yeah. Uh, I have, I would say that I'm in competition for, like, the longest hair at the office soon. Yeah. I, I'm easily in the, in the top 10, 15 percent. Yep. And then uh, I would also say that a important part of me is that I am a uh, ridiculously rabid basketball enthusiast. Yeah. And... Uh, People, people from Massachusetts say that Massachusetts is the birthplace of basketball because it was invented here. Yeah. And people from New York say that New York was the birthplace of basketball because of like street ball and and that sort of culture. <sighs> Telling you right now, North Carolina is the birthplace of basketball because you have the Tobacco Road rivalry. Duke University of North Carolina. Shouts to my Red Sox fans, Red Sox Nation, and I mean Yankees fans also in, implemented in that. They say that's the greatest sports rivalry. Lakers-Celtics say that's the greatest sports rivalry. This is false. North Carolina-Duke is the greatest sports rivalry. People in New England like to think that their rivalries are the best. Everyone in every region likes to think their rivalries are the best. So you love basketball and you're a Hornets fan, right? I am really sadly a a diehard Charlotte Hornets fan. Is there something about cheering for the underdog that... No, I wish wish they were really good, honestly. Cool. So you've done video work in sort of the advertising and the corporate world. Yep. Uh, you've done some sound design. Have you done any other types of, of video editing? Yes. When I was studying recording engineering in college, my professor, Ellen Curtin, uh, asked me to come and turn for him at his recording studio. And uh, in my time at that recording studio, I uh, was doing pretty okay as like an assistant engineer. Uh, but a path opened up for me to start taking on some video work. So I, um, I stopped doing engineering and I decided to sort of become more or less kind of like the video coordinator for this recording studio for a few years, 
where I was like their, it was, I wasn't like exclusively their video freelancer, but I was like the on-call person to direct, produce, create, edit content for them. Mm. Um, the first music video I ever made was actually nominated for a Boston Music Award, which is pretty cool. Amazing. Um, I was fortunate enough to work with a lot of like really, really talented musicians, mostly rappers, um, the recording studio that I worked at. The Bridge in North Cambridge. Awesome. Yeah, another plug. Uh, another plug. Um, the video I guess I'm most proud of that I like wrote, directed, edited, shot with my friend Nick. Uh, uh, it's called Hands Up uh, by this artist Rex, R-E-K-S. And uh, it's sort of uh, the song addresses uh, pol- police brutality. Mm. And uh, the video is kind of like a take on that as well. So, um yeah, I mean, that was, like, a really creatively, like, rewarding time in my life when I was just, like, concept- concepting and making content that I was really excited about, you know, just purely artistically and, like, right. really enjoyed making. Um, but, it did, you know, it did not really pay the bills either. So I uh, was also bartending. The reason why I took that job was because they knew it sucked, and so they wouldn't make me keep regular hours. So if I had a crazy week where I was, like, in production on something or if I had an edit due, I would just bite the bullet. I would take that whole week off work, Mm. but I would still be able to keep my job, and that allowed me sort of to, like, schedule-wise balance both of those things. Mm. It sounds like you've had a lot of different jobs and different gigs. Yeah. Like, the where you are in your career like you've you've had a lot of different projects is that part of i don't want to use the phrase gig economy although i just did (laughs) but is that part of working as a video editor yeah that you're kind of always working on one project and then looking to the next project and looking to the next project yeah definitely and then and i mean one of the things that i'm grateful about working here is that like i have a full-time job and so that that kind of lets me sort of avoid the as you said, the gig economy a little bit. Yeah, the hustle a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, th- that has its advantages and disadvantages. Like, I, again, I got to work on some cr- incredibly just, like, totally concepted by me, you know, creatively, artistically rewarding projects, but I also made no money and had to bartend to, mm. like, live in a five-bedroom apartment with six people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, like, am not doing that anymore, and, like, that's that's cool to That's me. pretty good, too. And I get to play in my band still, so it's, like, I'm always sort of scratching that artistic itch. But... Yeah. Do you consider yourself, like, a creator or a maker? I mean, maker has a little bit more of, like, a an engineer, like, the maker movement. Yeah. But do you, do you yeah. think of yourself as, like, a creator? Because you're a musician. Uh-huh. You're putting out content. I was, you're doing that at work. Yeah. I would say that I am. I would say that what I do is creative, but um, my... My artistry, both like as a bass player in a band where I don't really write most many of the songs and mm. like as a video editor, is my artistry stems from my ability to work with other people's content. And mm. that's a thing that I've like uh, that I've really come to embrace and and enjoy is it's like there's a lot of pressure being the ideas person. And it's not that I don't have ideas, but, my ideas are better when I'm not, like, looking at a blank canvas. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I would rather look at 10... I can look at 10 different iterations of a painting and be like, these three are dope, and, like, this is why we should go in that direction. But I'm not good at Don't looking at... Don't ask me to make 10 paintings. Ten, yeah, 10 paintings. I'm not, not about that. Not going to fly. Yeah, no, that's not cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I appreciate, and I'm sure people that w- you work with appreciate, is how 
how authentic and real you are. Mm-hmm. Um, you are unabashedly a Hornets fan. You talk about things just normally. Inappropriately. Like, inappropriately. You kind of, <laughs> you, you wear this sort of sense of authenticity, which is really refreshing. Um, what does it mean to kind of be yourself? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm an only child. So, uh, and my parents definitely were always supportive of me doing that. So that, mm. that makes a lot of sense. Um, part of that, I, I think, definitely comes from a position of, like, comfort and privilege, to be perfectly honest. Sure. Um, a lot of people, for a whole slew of reasons, are not afforded the opportunity to be themselves. And yep. so, like, I definitely need to throw that out there. Uh, a lot of it is just I'm tremendously fortunate and I've yeah. been lucky. Um. But, I mean, you could easily I, walk around an office in different shoes, but you got your basketball sneakers, and sometimes you're walking around with a Hornets gear. Yeah. Most of the days you are. Most days. But that's important uh, to you, it well, seems, and, right? Well, that, and that's, well, that's the choice about, about work culture, too, and, like, where where I choose to to try to find jobs at versus not. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and, Why is that important to you? Well, I mean, if you're going to be a creative, you have to be comfortable um, – you have to just be comfortable and like literally in your own shoes. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. if I want to wear like like shoes that are so ugly when I buy them, my girlfriend laughs at me. Like purple and like leopard print and whatever. You know, if that's like what makes me comfortable and makes me like feel like like that's like the person that I want to radiate being out into the universe. You know what I'm saying? Then like that's the person I feel like I need to be. I need to be to myself and I need to present as others so that I can be comfortable and like do the best work. Mm. A lot of that also sort of stems from like social anxiety and like kind of like I tend to be a more introverted person. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm not capable of being talkative as we've learned. You got to be comfortable with yourself to be creative. Yeah, and you have to be Is comfortable that... with yourself to be comfortable right. with other people. And it's hard to take pages and notes if you're not comfortable with yourself or comfortable with those people. Mm. Another thing that I would say is that um, the guy who hired me for my first internship at the recording studio, the best advice that he ever gave me was, if you are going to be successful in this industry, you have to be a good hang. And, and I mean, that's so true. Like, you work really, like, closely on on things that are entirely, like, idea-based with people who are, like, very excited about their ideas. And you have to be the kind of person who is, like, puts those people in a position to be, like, their idea is a good idea. And, like, you care about their idea. And, like, you are invested in making their idea better. And I don't think you can do that if they don't want to hang out with you frankly Mm -hmm. yeah um in fact the best the gig that allowed me to continue to live in boston i got because i was a good hang because i worked at the recording studio i made some frankly ridiculous music video music videos for this dude named tyler and he was working at hasbro at the time as the like executive producer of the furby app so Amazing. I ended up making uh, like digital video content for the Furby app. Great. So I went from like making rap videos and bartending to making rap videos and bartending and every like one or two days a month just getting like a big old Hasbro check for just making like like the dumbest, silliest <laughs> shit you've ever seen in your entire life, frankly. Yeah. Um, but it's all – but if I can go back and sort of find a through line here. Yeah. 
you talked about being a good hang. Mm -hmm. Um, Making, and if I can elaborate then, it's like making a good impression, being the kind of person that somebody wants to work with. Yes. If you're bouncing from gig to gig to gig, you have to be able to be mm-hmm. likable. Mm-hmm. And you have to be you have to be flexible too. But but you're but not going to be not... happy. You're not going to be happy if you are being flexible but also not being yourself. yourself. So you have yeah. to figure out a way to be flexible and be yourself and I think that that just all stems from like a point of comfort. Well, Xander, I didn't I didn't know where we would end and I love that we got sort of philosophical and learned a lot about you. So thank you for sharing. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening. And uh, and thank you at home for listening. Yes, thanks everyone for listening. And uh, if you want to plug your band one more time. Uh, yeah, LadyLupine.com. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook, on Instagram. I don't think we're on Twitter. LadyLupine.com. Yeah, it's great. Come, cool. uh, come see us. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Sander. Thank you. Humans Behind the Ads is sponsored and produced by Small Army. Check us out on Twitter at Humans Behind Ads. Remember, we're all human. See you next time.